Why is it that parents will have a talk with their kids about sex, but rarely ever have a discussion about their wealth and plans for retirement? Our guest on Georgia Podcast, Sidney Browning, recently launched Generational Conversations, a program to prompt and support conversations between adult children and their elder parents. Welcome to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production and distribution. Visit globalpodcaststudios.com. And by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices, and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Now join Rich Casanova, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta and worldwide across the PBC syndicated networks. All right, Rich Casanova, we are locked and loaded for another episode of the Georgia Podcast, and uh, we got a good one here for you today. Uh, joining me alongside is uh, Artie Rudiman, as we like to call Artie-o. <laughs> hello, hello. Yeah, so uh, we were talking before the air with uh, you and Sid. You all have a lot in common from uh, up- upstate New York area, uh, up north, I should say, in New York, and then um, also uh, baseball fans, but we didn't want to get into We could spend probably the whole show just on that topic, right? So uh, we're going to fast forward a little bit. So as I uh, already mentioned, we have uh, Sid Brown- Browning joining us in the studio. He's co-founder and CEO of Integris Partners, a national registered uh, investment advisor with clients in more than 20 states. Um, started in 2010, headquartered in Atlanta, the suburb of Alpharetta in our Alpharetta studios here. Um, Quite a background in uh, in this area, and now has uh, recently launched. Um, well, before we mention that, talk to us about uh, Sid. So your background uh, as a Rotarian, and uh, you've held a club president, district membership director. You served you served on a board. Talk to us about a little bit of your bio and your background along that regard. Rotary came from my grandfather, actually, who was a fifty five year. Rotarian. And early in my financial services career, I was working for Fidelity Investments uh, as a branch advisor uh, in Dunwoody, Atlanta suburb. And they asked if people wanted to get involved in the community. And I, my hand shot up. <laughs> All right. And uh, Rotary can have some financial obligations, and they were willing to get me started. Um, so I jumped on the opportunity. All right, and then um, uh, graduate of uh, NYU. Shout out to those guys. Or I, I attended NYU. <laughs> okay. The, the good story there is that I did not graduate from NYU. All right. I was too busy being a New Yorker. <laughs> yeah, that kind of gets uh, in the way. Yeah. Yeah, but that's where I started umpiring baseball in the New York City parks, and um, have lots of New York stories. But ended up uh, going back to school in Michigan and graduated from the Honors College in the Michigan system, which is called Oakland University. Oh, okay. Spent some time in the Carolinas and then down here in, in Georgia now. Yeah. Moved here in 89, and uh, my wife and I left temporarily in 95 and looked to open a bed and breakfast and traveled uh, in New York, actually, and mid up uh, the Finger Lakes District and right. then back to North Carolina and tried to buy one. and. And then my career with Fidelity started actually in Durham, North Carolina, in '98. All right. So, um, so now talk to us about this um, generational conversations. Um, this helps. This is uh, a pro, you know an entity that helps uh, uh, 
uh, parents talk to their uh, their adult children and their elder parents. The idea is is that it helps everybody. Okay. So, generational conversations, as you stated in the promo, uh, the mission is to really prompt conversations yeah. that aren't happening. Um, what are some of those conversations that people? Uh, aren't, aren't aware of, not educated on the topic, or they're um, well. I think like cautious said, or people people would rather have the sex talk with their kids <laughs> right. than, than the aging talk with their parents, and both of them are phases of life. Um, you know, it says in our brochure that ninety percent of people say talking with loved ones is important, but only twenty three percent have done so, and there's a lot of reasons for that, right? For parents, there's reasons like I don't want my kids to know you know my financial situation and sometimes it's because they don't want their kids to know how well they're doing and sometimes it's because they don't want their kids to know how close they are to being hungry well and um they don't want to appear that they've given up power they don't yeah um they don't want their kids in their business right they don't want to burden right yeah right and, and the kids avoid the conversation because sometimes they don't want to take the responsibility or sometimes they don't want to give their parents the impression that we think, hey, Dad, you're slipping. <laughs> right, yeah. And we think we need to come in and help here. Or if you just ignore it, it'll take care of itself. Um, it's thing, just, right? it's, uh, you know, I could ask you, and you don't have to answer, but do you have a will, right? right. And I ask clients this all the time or people that want to be clients, and um, – you might be surprised, or you might not be surprised. How many people say no? Yeah. And I ask permission. Can I kind of hassle you right. to make you get this done? Yeah. It's an important thing. Right. Right. The difference for your family, if you have a will or if you don't have a will, is major. Yep. So this really, the generational conversations, is something that has been percolating with me for like three or four years. And and part of it came from attending an investment conference um, where there were two major speakers. And one was a uh, really knowledgeable computer technology guy, I think had worked uh, in the federal agencies and was talking about the vulnerability of elders, in particular uh, with cybersecurity, mm. yeah. right? and. And the security issue actually has gone far beyond uh, cybersecurity, but financial security, elder financial abuse, yep. elder physical abuse. Yep. It's uh, elder security is a big problem. And then one of the other speakers uh, was a guy from Leg Mason. And Leg Mason has done a tremendous amount of work around seniors' housing, and the models for housing, the prices for housing the factors that go into making those decisions, um, the fact that people often stay in their home beyond the point where they're safe or beyond the point where they're what healthy. Do mean, what do you mean by uh, not being safe in their own home? So one of the things that, that uh, we make available to our clients is a home safety assessment. Okay, wow. It's six pages, hmm. and it's comprehensive. Do you have loose wires on the floor? Where is your stove? Do you have rugs? Do you have a handrail at everywhere there's a step in your house? Uh, you know, just coming out of the garage, if there's two or three steps from your garage right. into your kitchen, there's a point where that becomes a little bit treacherous. Yeah. 
right? Because one misstep can, uh, the ripple effect of that. But that's mm-hmm. a great, you know, that six-page document, if you will, that's a great way to kind of um, uh, springboard that conversation between the generations, right? Hey, let's get together as a family and walk through the house or whatever, right? And that's... So- so right is that a good door I, opener gonna, no pun intended but yeah no, yeah but i'm gonna i'm gonna thank you for that prompt but but uh so i learned in the same day about the housing things that affect if if elders are reticent to go outside they can become withdrawn and and emotionally suffer and not eat and not get exercise and and everybody says well we want to stay in our home as long as possible but is that always the best answer, right? So, so those two things really open my eyes. Um, but let me shift to your question about opening conversations. So anybody that goes to our website, which is genconvos.com, G-E-N-C-O-N-V-O-S.com, mm-hmm. can uh, sign up your name and email and get a copy of our Themes for Family Conversations. Okay. And this document is there to, to facilitate and prompt your family having a conversation. And, and I will also tell you that the holidays are a fraughtful time for families, but it's also when times get to get, when families get together. Yeah. Right? And there's always a lot of emotion and, and joy and things like that, but it is a great time to open this conversation. Yeah, to start that. And the first time you talk to your kids or your parents about it, you're not going to sit down and have an in-depth conversation. Right. But it's important to, to open this subject. And that Themes for Family Conversations talks about um, our five topics that we call them, uh-huh. which are uh, housing options, care management, financial continuity, legal strategies, and security. And, and we touched about the factors of security. Uh, it also talks about driving, talks about memory. Um, and these are all areas that Generational Conversations is, is equipped to deal with. Um, the home safety assessment is just one thing in a curated library of documents that we have to help families. Yeah. Um, and one thing I picked up on your website that was interesting, um, you hit one of the points about being uh, withdrawn. So there's mm-hmm. these early signs of need that really jumped out on your website. So um, let's hit each of these four real quick. So managing meds, right? If that if, if uh, the the adult parent or the adult uh, child notices their parent having an issue with, you know, confused over their medications. That's I mean, that's typical. I mean, uh you know, they make these boxes. Right, right. Morning, day, <laughs> right. and night. AM, PM, Monday through week. Friday. Because that's a problem. Yeah. Right? So that, that's a very low-tech solution right. to helping manage meds. But there comes a point where even that gets confusing. Wow. Or they can't remember. Or but If, but if they took them the day before, the morning. Whatever. The whole idea of that box is if the thing is empty, I took it. And if they're right, still yeah. in there, I need to take yeah. it. Yeah. Right? Well, that's, that's a reality because uh, I know from my own parents in, the, the medicine makes them feel awkward or funny, right. and right. Th- sometimes they just don't want to take yeah. it. So you really need to create another plan with their doctor to the reality that they're not taking it. Yep. And the fact is that you know medicines are sometimes overprescribed. Yep. yep. They yes. are sometimes miscombined. Right. Uh, it takes time for people to adjust to the impact, and sometimes they don't want to keep taking them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's similar to the challenge of people that uh, have bipolar disorder. They take a medicine, they don't like it, they, it makes them not feel as so vibrant. They get off it and then yeah. get off it, they have problems. So, so that, that was the first item because um, we want to when I hit these other three real quick Good. is um, so but the somebody may not notice that a medication issue because they're not if they're not living in the home. Correct. So the other three I think uh, would really resonate with people. So the uh, topic of constant phone calls. Yeah. So that's a red flag. Would right? That's an alert. That's a um, uh, if they're constantly calling. Well, because uh, <laughs> a, a, a you're always supposed to take the call from your mom. I learned that a long time ago. Right? Always, yeah, I always take the call from my wife. If in the middle of an appointment, right, right. I will take the call from my wife. But uh, you know, sometimes it's out of boredom, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's it's uh, you know, what are you doing now? How's Johnny? Right. He's sick. Is he better yet? Mom, I talked to you ten minutes. Yeah, ago, right, right. Yeah. And sometimes it's just boredom in there, you know, in a commercial on TV or something like that. Right, yeah. But, but depending on what the questions are, yeah, okay. you can definitely start to read if there's a memory problem or a or loneliness yeah. issue or something else that, that uh, the phone calls can be a signal if you listen. Cause, and that uh, uh, goes right into the next one is with, withdrawn. Yeah. What are some uh, indicators that a person's withdrawn? Um, they're not eating fresh fruits and vegetables. Okay. They're not going out with their friends, um, and they have excuses for it. But really, it's because they're not up for getting dressed and going out in public. Yeah. Right? They're uh, maybe not, uh, you know, there might be somebody that you see at church regularly, right. and then you don't see them. Oh, okay. And then maybe you see them once, and you say, and they'll kind of give you a story about why they weren't there yeah um but that's that's a big indicator and and if there is somebody at your church that you're used to seeing who's an older person and you don't see them ask if you can call them, call them yeah or ask the church if anybody's reached out to them see if they're okay yeah and that's kind of the final one that the public discomfort they're just not comfortable um in and, and that can often be a memory issue right so if somebody's starting to not remember people's names as well. Then they feel awkward. Then they feel awkward, yeah. especially somewhere like a family reunion or church event or something right. where they're kind of expected to recognize right, everybody. Right. <laughs> and and if your parent or grandparent is doing that, just offer to sit with them. Yeah. And tell them, hey, this is uh, Joe and Betty. Remember right. them? You know. Yeah. Oh, Joe and Betty, how are you? Yeah. And then they'll feel that better. Sometimes if people uh, are experiencing memory issues or cognitive issues, uh, they'll just say, I'll have what he's having. Yeah. Because they don't want to read the menu or they get confused reading the menu or they can't make up their mind. I've done that when I've been drinking too much, whatever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Decision uh, overload, yeah. But imagine if you felt that way all the time. Right, yeah. Right? You know, I think we firmly established the need for having a dialogue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? It's almost like an Oprah thing right now. <laughs> right. And, and I'm going to take that as a compliment. Right. Exactly, yeah. And, and th the numbers for you know, baby boomers yep. you know, turning into that necessity. So I'd like to turn the conversation a little bit into how to meet that challenge. And, and, yeah. and we talked about, uh, Rich, you brought up you know, one area, talk about security, or maybe you brought it up, Sid, yeah. and, and use that as a segue that you could build into the other areas of legal and housing options, the financial and their care management. But there's also a, another reality, and that is um, who is in charge? 
You, you can't have yeah. five siblings in charge. Right. And it, it, there needs to be one, whether it's legal or whether it's just informal. And then there's always, and I'm talking from personal experience, once you are appointed the executor, even while they're living and so right. fine, right. it is challenging oh, to yeah. deal with your siblings or other beneficiaries that might be involved. Because they're second-guessing so, all, all, a lot of your decisions, with it, right? But they put you in charge, and yet they don't want to take the responsibility. So that's a perfect example of why we're trying to encourage proactive conversations, right? Because... Let's let's uh, let's look at a family that hasn't had a conversation for any number of reasons, and mom falls and is in the hospital and broke a hip maybe, or had a minor stroke or heart attack, and needs to go to rehab. And you have to find this place in the next thirty six hours because she's being discharged. Oh wow. And dad is not really in charge of this. So if there are a number of kids, and there are kids in town and kids out of town, they may have differing opinions. (laughs) Not may have. (laughs) And if I may add, um, and mom might be closer or feel more comfortable with one over the other, whether they live physically closer or further away. Uh, Also, there may be sibling rivalries that have nothing to do with mom and dad right. mm-hmm. that <laughs> you're come saying, out. <laughs> you're saying maybe. I think it's <laughs> I, more, I, most likely. Everybody uh, will hear something in this conversation that pertains to yeah. them. Right? So if a family has had a proactive conversation and mom says, something happened to me, I would want Jane to manage my care. She's here. She doesn't have kids, whatever the reason is. Um, and it would be great if the other kids support her. Uh, then if there's an event, then Jane already has a health care power of attorney. Yeah. Right. And Jane can go to the hospital and talk to the doctors because she's got the document. Right. right. And the kids are going to remember. Mom said she wanted Jane to take yeah. care of this. I, I think that would be awesome. Right? I so think it, I'm sorry. Say, go right ahead. No, it's okay. Oh, uh, relative to that point, it could be one child is financial and one child is health care and so on and so on. Also, there are something like 60 million unpaid, unpaid caregivers in the United States right now. Wow. And a large percentage of them are women between 45 and 64. Hmm. It tends to be that the family looks to the daughter. The daughter's more compassionate. The daughter may have more flexibility, right? But there's sometimes a career impediment or, or a career casualty for that daughter's role in caring yes. for the parents. Yes, She may give up a promotion. She may not mm-hmm. be willing to transfer. She may have to go on part-time. And Part of a pro- healthy, proactive conversation says if something happens and Jane needs to mm-hmm. really be more involved here, I want Jane to be financially made whole yeah. in advance of what everybody's going to inherit. And, and everybody will see the wisdom of that and get on board. If there's not a conversation and Jane's impaired, she may be reluctant to open that can of worms mm-hmm. with her uh, siblings. She may say, no, it's okay. I don't really need it out of nobility. 
or they may say, what do you mean? I'm, you know, doing stuff. So um, one more benefit to doing it, right? And there are a number of situations. I've had a client tell me, uh, has four kids. Have you decided who you want? Yeah, it's my daughter, my second daughter. My first daughter has reasons that she can't do it. My sons won't actually do it, right? And, well, have you told this daughter that you're the one? No. <laughs> have you told him? No. Can I prompt this conversation with you? And it opened up some rather interesting dynamics. She didn't really feel good about some of the relationships with her kids and didn't feel like she would be having a healthy dynamic, that there would be a healthy environment for them to have this conversation. So my first objective with generational conversations is to prompt these family conversations, right? And if your family can, can have this conversation on your own and, and get some things done, God bless you, right? But if you need support, we have an offering. It's three or four appointments. Uh, there is a cost to it, and, and there's some work that we'll do. We'll have you go check out some housing options. Go take a look and see what they're all about. Some people go to them when they're 75 and live there 20 years, and it's like college for 20 right. years, and they <laughs> love it, right? Yeah. Some people go there, and they don't like it, yeah. right? Or there's different models. There's different places. Some people want it to be, you know, on the beach in Florida. Well, they have those. Yeah, you know? I was gonna. I they was sure gonna, do. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was gonna revisit the housing uh, topic. And, yeah, uh, let's do it before we do that. And we want to hit uh, a little bit about your mission and also your tie-in with the Alfredo Chamber of Commerce. One of your uh, companies is uh, represented there. Sure. But um, I just want to remind our listeners: you're listening to the Georgia Podcast with Rich Casanova alongside Artie Ruderman, and we're having a great conversation with Sid Browning. Uh, he's uh, launched this generational conversations, and you can check them out at Gen Convos. Dot com, and we'll put all the links in this in the uh, posting it, as well. Let me also just sure. quickly say that uh, there is a spot on the website where you can schedule a fifteen minute call f- with me. Yeah, I saw that, and there's no cost for right. it. And and if I can be a resource to help you uh, kind of get started in a conversation with your family or or understand your dynamic more to talk about our offering, I'm happy to do that. Um, there's a number of times available on most days. You can book it up to 60 days in advance. Uh, you can book it as a conference call with your family. I don't yeah. you know, but you get in 15 minutes. Yeah, I, I saw this great. I'm on the site now, and um, I, I see you use the Atlanta-based Calendly, which we just uh, integrated yeah. as well. So it's a really cool service, uh, really easy to navigate. And um, and I, I mean, I'll say a little bit of the obvious, but when you mentioned about scheduling this free consultation is you have the family, if they have, you know, everybody has those dynamics within the family. And so you become the the arbitrator, that third person or that moderator that's kind of outside and can help, um, you know, in some cases the family can say, we can throw you you under the bus instead of one of our own family members would, right? I I will um, be forthright with a family and say, here's what I see and here's what you need to do. I am not going to mediate it to the sense of forcing you to an agreement. Yeah, right? but you That's, can have that. But I, I am there to support you, and I will do everything I can to give your family the information, the space, and the, and the promptings to have this get through the other side of this conversation. And, and let me just say that 
what I'm really looking to achieve here is for families to have peace, right? Mm-hmm. If, if one of your parents has a chronic condition or is starting to experience memory loss or has heart problems or something and, and their uh, health or time at home is in jeopardy, there's a underlying tension to a family that won't address how this is gonna go. Right. But a family that has had a conversation, there's tremendous peace. And there's an opportunity to share the rest of the time that you have oh, together yeah. and and beauty rather than having this, you know, the gray, gray yeah. dirty elephant in the room that nobody's gonna talk about. Yeah, Sid, I am also the host of the um, uh, Business Developers Network, so I'm always thinking about how businesses can connect. And I'm thinking about generational conversations. And somebody took their daughter to work before there was a national take your daughter to work (laughs) day. Okay. My point of that being is... I think it's time to have a national generational conversation day. And wow. that would alleviate the, the it's on me right. to initiate. Yeah. It's larger than me. It's universal. So do we, yeah. would you support that? Yes or yes? Well, of course. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what I'm looking to do eventually is, is create a track here that others can run on. That And – most financial advisors, and, and that's really how this got borne out, was our career as as I'm a certified financial planner in investment management, and, right. and we have a very personalized practice at Integris Partners, and I took this on myself to try to help our clients, right? And now yeah. I'm trying to mm-hmm. make it larger than that, and eventually I think it I'm creating a program and a track and the resources that other advisors can have these kind of make it kind of national. I can't, I can't personally touch enough people to, you know, change the country. Right. But our country is very unique in that we don't feel an obligation to take, to personally take care of our parents in our home when they age. Well, we do. And and it's just challenging. That's right too. That's right, too. And, yeah. But if you go to China or India, where there's now you know at least half the people in the world, that's the practice. It's just known. They're going to live with me, and I'm going to take care of them. Well, I remember that. I'm, I'm not even that old, too, but, um, to, but just as a kid, I remember like when, our, uh, when my grandmother had issues, uh, it wasn't the first option wasn't a retirement home. That wasn't right. the first option, right? Um, the first was, I mean, there was like 10 kids in the family. So she spent, you know, six months or three, yeah. four months. Yeah. And as a kid, um, you know, that carried with me through life because I got to learn the respect for elders. It's one thing when they visit for Thanksgiving or over for dinner. But when you're living with them 24-7, yeah. right, as a kid, I was kind of, you know, um, got, you know, had to learn and respect that she had different you know, challenges and issues, and you had to kind of uh, respect those elders. And that was the kind of thing is that the multiple generations living in the same home. Yep. Right? You probably got to hear some really cool stories. Yeah, too, yeah. Right? Well, well my, uh, my grandfather on the other side, as a kid, I would uh, rather sit and talk to him 
than most anything else because it was yeah. just so fascinating. It was like a time capsule. I mean, the stories he could tell and just like, you know, I was living through his uh, his experience in uh, the old country, so to speak, whatever. But uh, we're almost out of time. We got about two more minutes left. So I was going to ask about the international differences. We're, we're probably out of time to talk about those different cultures. I think you kind of touched on it. I want to revisit housing one more time. And I don't know Ari, if you have another question coming up here, but um, on housing and uh, trends. So one thing I've uh, I don't know if, you, if you've heard about this, but you know, in, in lieu of a retirement home, one of the new th- hip things is they'll um, book, not just they can book a cruise ship around the world, right? And uh, just live on the ship and visit all these countries around the world. And then the children can come fly to Turkey or whatever, or fly to uh, Greece and visit them for the week or whatever, right? But there's actually a couple of companies, I think it's um, called the World and Regency of the Seas, whatever. It's a floating condominium. That you can't buy a ticket on this ship, right? You own that condo. And it's, you know, there may be, instead of 3,000 people on board, there's only maybe 300, right? And, and the elderly person can live there, and they have the medical care. They have all their meals done. You know, everything's covered. And, uh, and they're much more stimulation than in a retirement home, right? Because they have all the shows to attend, all the community, and the, uh, tons of options. And then they visit when they, when they, they can go offshore or whatever and do the excursions. I mean, and more, I afford- more I th- affordable than a retirement home. Not necessarily. Well, but, uh, but I think that that is... Um, well, you'd be surprised, though, because... I'm with you. But I think that uh, that certainly would be enjoyable yeah. for a while. Yeah, exactly, yeah, for a period of time. Yeah. Right. Um, but the dynamic of, of seniors' housing is changing dramatically. Yeah. And there are lots of options. And there are options to stay at home, too. But uh, I'll just quickly say there are equity models where you buy into a retirement community that also offers rehab and skilled nursing in addition to maybe memory. And then there are rental models that you can get assisted living or even memory care at a higher cost. But if you need skilled nursing or rehab, you got to leave. Oh, yeah. Right. And there are also services to support people staying in their homes. So there are designers that have a degree or a certification right. from the housing authority to help people modify their homes. There's a thing called the Village that started in Back Bay, Boston, I don't know, yeah. 20-something years ago, where a community creates a village to support elders in their home and helps make sure they have groceries and that they get out and can go to church or the doctor. So there's lots of, of opportunities um, both ways. but. Seniors housing has changed a lot, and it's, it's not, not what, what, it, what it used to be. Yeah. It's not what we think of as nursing homes or yeah. something like that. You mentioned the, uh, the village in uh, Florida, the yeah. small town I was in, Leesburg. There's this huge called the Villages. It's yeah. a massive community. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, but that's just that's yeah. another option, whatever, right? Because they're it all is. on golf courts, and that's right. there's tons of things to do. There's three different yeah. communities. So uh, one last thing about the Alfredo Chamber of Commerce, if you want to kind of talk about um, the Integris Partners, you guys are involved in that, and already give a shout out to the chamber and we'll kind of wrap things up here okay but well, well but your company's involved in that right with a member in, of the Alfredo? yeah integris partners, partners. Mm-hmm. is uh, a member of the chamber okay and uh we think they're doing a great job and i will say also that i'm building a referral network of pro- senior professionals okay so it's a state attorney's uh, people that will find help you explore housing options, people that will help you uh, get care in your home. Um, That's an awesome idea. Doctors that specialize in geriatrics or in women. Right. 
Um, there are a number of services, uh, and it's just like in financial services. As your investment manager, we're going to work with your attorney and your accountant. Right. In generational conversations, we're going to one of the things that we can do is help you find the resources that you need to explore your situation. Well, I'll talk about the chamber, um, but before I do, I just want to have one more word about generational conversations, and I think and I hope, truthfully, because it, it is a, a concern and a rising concern, it's a reality, that this podcast creates a movement that goes viral to start generational conversations. <laughs> <Right>. Nice. <laughs> well, we'll talk well to said. you, too, about starting our own <laughs> podcast. Sounds good to me, yeah. So the Alpharetta Chamber of Commerce is, is as Sid mentioned, is, is excellent. It gives businesses the opportunity to to promote themselves, but more important, like any other organization, what you put in is what you get out. So it has a myriad of social networking and business networking where you could meet other members one-on-one -on -one and create meaningful relationships, and that's really the key. I mean, their calendar, if you look at it, is just, uh, there's tons of opportunities to participate. So, uh, And I will just add that they have a young professionals dimension yes, as do. well, mm -hmm. which I would encourage people to participate in. Great idea. All right. Well, Sid, uh, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Our pleasure. On behalf of Artie Ruderman, Rich Casanova here. We'll see you on the next episode of the Georgia Podcast. On behalf of the Pro Business Channel, we thank you for listening to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production and distribution. Visit globalpodcaststudios.com. And by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices, and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Join Rich Casanova for the next Georgia podcast and download on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more.